0: GG and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. PK. What? Fall is in the air, and we can feel it this
1: morning. How could you feel fall? Because it's cold. It's not cold. It's cool. It's brisk. It is brisk. Boost my mic, Megan, would you? They need to hear more of me. Oh, hey, Megan, no worries. (laughs) Not my first rodeo. (laughs) That's, That's what I... I love it. Boost PK's mic. That's what I want to hear. They need to hear more of me. Oh, now they turn me on too much. Jesus, These people are impossible to please. You don't have to tell me. I never tell you anything. You don't listen anyway.
0: <laughs> there we go. That's better. <laughs> DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. and It is time to bring in Samson Nakua. He brings, he joins us on the Smart Rain Guest Line. They are having a season-ending special, 50% off. For Zone listeners and commercial customers, you can save water, you can save money, you can be smart. It's the Smart Rain Guest Line. Samson, good morning.
2: Good morning. How are you doing?
0: We're doing well. How are you? I'm
2: good, man. You know, five and here. Oh, yeah. It's looking good. I'm feeling good out here.
1: Five and friggin' zero, oh, Sampson. Wow, man, you are the magic because you're the only new player who's playing a significant role on this team that wasn't on the team last year. So I believe that it's solely because of you. Don't you?
2: <laughs> no way, no way, man. I'm only <laughs> really doing a little role in a, in a big, big, big machine that's happening right now. And um, I'm happy to be a part of it and uh, helping out any way possible to get this team to 5-0 right now.
0: Does beating in-state schools ever get old? You're right below their student section. I'll bet you heard some good stuff you can't wait to tell us about.
2: Oh, man, that student section was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved it, honestly. It was one of the best games and rivalry games I've been a part of, honestly. And I didn't even know that rivalry was that crazy.
1: So you haven't even been a part of the program for a year, right? So you came in and after the season you are at Utah this time last year and all that stuff. I'm wondering, as you were involved in the team and in formal practices and then through training camp in August, what were your expectations of this team, record-wise, and do you have any degree of surprise that they actually are five and zero?
2: Me and Poo came in expecting um, to be a part of a, I mean, a team that was doing this exactly what um, we said we were going to do. Um, that we wanted to show everyone last year wasn't a fluke at all. That. Um, that Kalani's been building something since he got here and that um, all his hard work is uh, finally paying off and he's just coming to light right now. And uh, yeah.
0: In the first half, you guys were averaging over nine yards per play. Did it seem like everything worked? I mean, is the amount of confidence you have when you break the huddle just off the charts and nine yards per play, you're perpetually in second and one?
2: Yeah, nine yards per play. Honestly, um, it all just starts with the O line and uh, <laughs> going into the huddle and just like looking into the O line face and just hearing what they have to say and just them telling us, "Don't worry, we you got your back. up follow behind us." Um, I, I mean, w- once they have that confidence, I mean everything else just so like really flows because they they're the start of the whole offense. Off, honestly, so. Uh, They've been killing it, and they've been giving us confidence to do our thing. So uh, it's just been a beauty. And every time we break the title, everyone's just feeling good, and we uh, just making it happen together.
1: We saw, obviously, we had some quarterback injuries, and you guys were down to your third team guy, the freshman Conover, playing the second half. I don't know what's going to happen this week, uh, but if he has to play, what are your thoughts about him starting the game?
2: Uh, I think everyone's been telling uh, everyone that um, there's no drop-offs. Um, we weren't expecting uh, Baylor to go down, but shoot, uh, Jacob stepped in this uh, last game towards the end of the game, and uh, you know did his thing. We we now he gets a full week of practice to prepare, and uh, I know he's going to kill it. Um, I know we have all the confidence in him and uh, and anyone that's back there. Um, so. It, it, it's gonna really be a beauty, and uh, it's gonna really be a really cool thing to see him uh, have his first start this week, possibly.
0: <sighs> Samson, this is where you have to deal with the cynical media. This is where you have to tell us how it is, because I hear there's no drop off, and I think well, that's what people are supposed to say. And you're not the only one saying it. I heard it in the post game comments too. But it was nine yards of play in the first half. It was four possessions in the first half. It was three touchdowns and a field goal. It was a well-oiled machine. And then there was a series of three and outs in the second half. And there was a big touchdown once it got down to a one-score game. So it's not like nothing good happened, right? Good stuff did happen. But good stuff did not happen at the same clip. There was a drop-off. Can one week of practice really fix that? Because I'm the cynical media, and I really don't quite believe that.
2: Um, I believe so. Um, I, I think during fall camp we were able to see all three quarterbacks perform at a uh, at a top level, and uh, you know we unfortunately you can't have three starting quarterbacks. You had to choose one, and Jaron did get the spot. But I believe that any one of them could have won the spot and uh, been great. And uh, we didn't prepare as much with Connor over this past week, so uh, we had to simplify the the playbook when he uh, was able to go in, but. Um, I know this week with uh, a little more preparation for him that he's going to be looking just as good as any of those other two. And uh, I know he's going to be ready because he's a confident guy, you know, big smile and with a a big arm. So it's going to be fun. Well,
1: what's the difference, Samson, when you think about it, if you just turn it around and hand it off to the animal, Tyler Algier, (laughs) and have him run for 200 yards? I could do that. You could do that.
2: <laughs> Honestly. go be the wildcat. I'll head the ball off every time. Yeah, there you
1: go. <laughs> I mean, he's just on fire. He's incredible.
2: Yeah, he really is. Baby. If no one's going to stop him, why, why give the ball anywhere else, man? The whole line's fucking everyone. Uh, he's killing it. So, you know, just keep doing it. I'm willing to bust right. my butt off of him.
0: And I would think that for receivers it does put pressure on you because – if the O-line isn't opening big holes and if the back isn't, you know, breaking tackles and running away from people, well, then whether you get your block 15, 20, 25 yards downfield doesn't really matter. But because Tyler is going through big holes and he is running through arm tackles, it does matter. You can't get busted on tape wrecking some 70-yard touchdown run because you didn't block your guy.
2: Exactly. Exactly. If Ty's killing it right now. So, you were watching film and you see you're walking and missing your blocks. Oh my goodness, you are getting blasted on film. And, uh, <laughs> that last, uh, the last Ty, uh, run, uh, the, um, that big run, you look, uh, um, Puka had, a uh, two big crucial blocks to set it up for, I think, I think it was the play of the game with, uh, Puka's two big blocks. So, um, You know, with Ty doing this team, our blocks are very crucial, actually. It's going to decide whether those are going to be big plays to help Ty out or they're going to be shorter runs. So we definitely uh, love blocking for that guy.
1: So you got ranked in the top 10, and sometimes you hear, oh, that's just outside noise, don't be influenced by it, don't let it get to your head. I actually take the other point of view, which is probably not a surprise to many, in that I think that it should help sharpen your focus because you are highly ranked, and no, obviously you don't want to lose that spot, you want to keep moving up and all that stuff, so in my mind, that stuff... As long as it doesn't make you fat and happy, gets doesn't get to your head, but actually provides a little bit more focus. What do you think?
2: Um I think I think the same exact thing as you it provides a little bit more focus. Uh, I mean we we knew what we wanted to do and we're doing it. Um, but I think one of my favorite things is uh don't like the highs too high and don't like the lows too low and uh you know, just stay, stay consistent, stay where you're at every day. And, uh, and that's what we got to keep doing is uh, don't overlook anyone. Uh, you know, we're doing good. Just keep doing what we're doing. Just stay laser focused on every team for throughout every week. And notice you, matter Whoever we got this week, that's the biggest game. That's the game we need to focus on. Nothing else just this week. Uh, this week and who we play.
0: Well, certainly this week is a huge game. It's it's uh, Boise State and it's a chance to get 6-0 and undefeated halfway through the schedule. But, you know, you started this by saying, uh, you, obviously you knew about the BYU-Utah rivalry. You're just on the other side of it. But you didn't really know about Utah State and that student section got you going. Boise State has a little extra juice to it. And I don't know if you were paying attention. BYU went up there on the blue turf and destroyed them last year. And that did not usually happen to them. As P.K. would like to say, they are going to be fifth coming into this.
2: I know. It's going to be fun. Um, I had no clue about this Utah State and BYU re and it was something really awesome to be a part of. And uh, now we have another cool rivalry on my hand that I've never been a part of or even played Boise. And, um, yeah, just keeping it rolling, We know, what we can do and uh, just stick to our game plans and our schemes and believing in our coach and one another. And uh, I believe we can roll through anyone. So
1: how about playing one thirty Saturday afternoon on ABC? I think that's about the best you could hope for. That ought to get a little energy going in the team and
2: certainly in the crowd
1: who are going to be there on
2: Saturday. Honestly, it's a little bit earlier. You know, we got the sun now. It's going to be a good day for some football. Um, well, it's going to be fun. 1.30, I mean, I love it. I think that's perfect time, waiting all day until 8.30. It's been and killing slowly now Yeah, gotcha,
1: gotcha. <laughs> us too. we we're old, we gotta stay up late
2: <laughs> I know we're, I mean the game's at 132 and kilo. me.
0: <laughs> I, I can tell you right now very selfishly, and I'm 100% selfish here, the ratings on Saturday night sports shows are way better when local teams win afternoon games, that is the best case scenario 830 games going head to head with the show no good, so make the magic happen Samson Partly for you, you, but mostly for me. Okay,
2: <laughs> I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, thank you, Samson. We appreciate it. You guys are the best. Have a good one.
0: Samson Nakua joining
1: us here on ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The Zone. Do you know? You know why BYU is undefeated? I, I think it's coincided when they made uh, Chad Lewis a bishop of his local congregation. <laughs>
0: Chad Lewis is now so sorry that he came over here and sat down. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't said anything. He smiled politely and nodded. Why does he deserve Talk that? Talk about magic happening Why? on and off the oh, field. Oh, man. That's Sam, too. One
1: morning, just gets up and walks away. Hat no. trick. Hat You're, trick. Hat trick. they are 5-0. and oh. He ain't going anywhere. He's going to play golf later. We're at Riverside this morning. But other than that.
0: We are here. National Football Foundation has a golf tournament this morning. We are here for it. Chad Lewis is indeed sitting here smiling at us, minding his own business, and he's taking two slings and outra- arrows of outrageous fortune from he's had PK. 300 pounders so he's chasing been. him for many years. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, Chad's going to talk about BYU. He's going to talk about the number 100, and he's going to talk about his guy beating his team. Ah, oh, the symmetry of life. Did some serious Eagle homework to get ready for you, Chad. DJP it's 97.5 at 12.80, the zone.
3: Ready, 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 ready. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. Hey, hey. The Utes look to pick up their first ever win in the Coliseum as they hit the road to square off against the Trojans of USC. Catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 5 o'clock with the postgame show immediately following the game. Ah! From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: DGPK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. The guests are going to come fast and furious now. We are live, Riverside Country Club. It's the National Football Foundation's annual golf tournament. Chad Lewis is here. Jerry Bovey is going to join us in a few minutes from Utah State. And in between, the Utes Nick Ford is going to make an appearance. So here we go. Chad, we'll start with you. And I was watching the Eagles and the Chiefs. As I was watching that game, I was thinking, holy cow, the Chiefs defense is bad. Holy cow, Patrick Mahomes is awesome. Who is Chad Lewis? And I was getting the text. We we're going to have you on. Who is Chad Lewis rooting for? This is his old team, the Eagles. I don't think he roots against Philly very often, but I bet he is when his guy Andy Reid is chasing career win number 100-100, the first guy to win 100 games with two
4: different NFL teams. Oh, man, I'm always, always rooting for my team, since I've played there, they've paid my paychecks, gave me a life. I love the Eagles. Um, definitely, they need to fight out and get some wins right now. But I'm so happy for Andy Reid, what he's done for my life personally, what he's done for to see him turn around a franchise that had been struggling for a decade, longer, um, and put, that, put something together and bring, bring life back into a cool city like Kansas City. That's cool. Love Andy Reid. Love him. Love Andy Reid. He's a beast. I think he loves Andy Reid. If I have this uh, correct, I'm clear here. that now. Uh, so,
1: and I know have, I know you love BYU, and probably as much as I do. Right I now.
4: love BYU. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they go four, nine, seven, six, seven, and six. There's no indication that
4: they would win 16 of 17. Are you surprised? You know what's amazing is how they have just jailed as a team. They played with heart last year during something so crazy. That pandemic was outrageous. Tom Homoy. Kalani Satake able to cobble together a schedule, and they just kind of went one week at a time. I felt like Tom, as an athletic director, had not only the football team in the right mindset, but the whole athletic department saying, we're going to use this as a competitive advantage. We're going to get after people right now. We're going to to do what we can to be strong as, as teams right now. What can we do? Can we use Zoom? Can we use whatever is out there so that when they unleash the hounds. We start playing again. We're, we're ready to go. The football team was so impressive because they did that one week at a time, not even knowing who they were going to play. Even taking a game on Wednesday against Coastal Carolina, playing in the East Coast, it didn't turn out our way. They got us. But I think the whole country tipped their hat to BYU and said, hey, we saw the predicament you were in with the playoff. It was a... Uh, It was a situation you had to do, and you did it. Most other people would have said, nah, we're not going to do it. And so I'm grateful to Kalani and the team and Tom and everyone. They took it. So after those schedules, after those records, to see this team come together, fight to win, very impressive. And, And to me, it seems like they've rallied around Kalani, and he's rallied right back around them. And they've kept that circle really tight. When you get like that as a football organization and a culture, you can become really good. Not because you're like outrageously talented, but because you believe you keep that circle tight and you have a culture that's a winning culture. He's my hat's off to him. He's created that. That all makes sense to me, but it still doesn't add up. To sixteen and
0: one, that Look, is so you're, you're hard looking to do. at things and
4: from a math mindset. Like I know, you, but you can't you, do that. It's not <laughs> linear. It's but you different. You did it.
0: But here's the thing: you did something like this. Now, this is over two years, but you were on the Cotton Bowl team. Right? They went fourteen and one. It's really hard to do. Stuff goes wrong. You get other people's best game. Injuries add up, and you're right about the math, and it's not linear and all that. Because if you tried to talk me into five and zero, oh, even after I saw the eleven and one. I would have hedged. I did hedge because PK tried to talk me into it. I did hedge, and the thing that would have absolutely brought me down is, oh, by the way, you're going to have to start two different quarterbacks and play three, and the third guy's going to be a true freshman. I've (laughs) watched enough football. I just say no. Something goes wrong. I'm
4: going to say no, and yet it hasn't gone wrong. That's why you go back to the culture that Kalani's created and the culture that the guys have bought into. That's why when someone goes down, they confidently say next man up like we believe in Baylor okay now we believe in Jacob Conover and thank heavens for Tyler Algier because he just grabbed the ball and went absolutely bananas against what I think (laughs) is a good Utah State team in a rivalry with the student section going crazy behind you and they didn't blink they fought and just when Utah State would capture some momentum here goes Tyler Algier again for another long banger it's amazing. Were you, at the, oh, you were on the sidelines? I was here. Pandemic, sometimes our travel parties super small, so that's how it was for this game. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, going stepping back from the season and going big picture, what do you think the Big 12 is going to do
4: for BYU? Big 12 is amazing. I think it'll take me a couple years to wrap my brain around the fact that we're now in a, a very strong conference with, now we have partners, and yeah. some of those partners might, um, I, I think overall those partners are going to lift BYU because now when people take shots at BYU, our partners step up and say, you're talking about my buddy here. They're, mm-hmm. they're my partners. And so why don't you keep your mouth shut? <laughs> and I think there will be great rivalries in that conference. I think it'll cause us in every sport, in every way to step up our game, not just on the field, not just coaches and players, but everyone in administration that's one thing that Tom's talked about is leveling up. Like all of us, everyone, we've got to step it up and be better. And let's find a way, put the magnifying glass on yourself, clean up your game, and let's get better. I think it'll have that effect on, since we're talking football, on recruiting. I don't think now we all of a sudden go and get five stars across the board. We're still going to focus on what makes BYU BYU. What has made BYU BYU for years is the blue-collar members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are the core of your team. If you lose sight of that, you're going to wobble. You keep that focus. You get the best players you can in that area, and then you, you add to the best players you can get in the other positions, other areas, and you don't jack up your culture, but you keep your culture. You add people to it, and you make it stronger. That's, that's really the strength of BYU.
1: So do you think going forward there that this will uh, maybe, t- how, I, how do I say this? Basically, Stamper's been ripping off guys, LDS guys. And they're premier guys, too. I mean, they're not just bench warmers. And some of them are sons of players who played here, and probably your teammates and all, as you know them. How much do you think that could
4: stem that tide to stop that? It's a little bit – it's not a major problem, but I think it's a problem. Stanford's done a great job as a school and as a program. So if they get a recruit over us, they deserve it. And the, the, the players that want to go there are going there for specific reasons. I think what the Big 12 does is I think it levels out some of that from the parents of recruits who want their kids going pro and realize that they've got a great opportunity to do that here at BYU. It also puts us in markets that we haven't been in before. Where we're, we're, we're now playing in, you know, Texas, Kansas, in those areas Oklahoma, where yeah. those, those players, those recruits, those families are saying, well, I want to watch my kid play football. And if my kid goes to BYU now, guess what? He's coming to my hometown. I get to watch him. I get to watch her. I'm, um, I'm part of it. So it's going to be cool to see how that affects us.
0: So... Sure. How much more pressure is there on the folks who are on the financial revenue donation side? Because I would think the price tag of everything goes up. If you have a winning coach in the Big 12, and you will because you can already see how a lot of your coaches are having success in the NCAA tournament, and you can compare it to what Big 12 teams are doing, you can have a lot of them. Obviously, football's got the biggest price tag. If you win in the Big 12, not just the head coach, the coordinators, position coaches, I assume Tom's already talked to you, and there's numbers out there that are going to have to be hit that are unlike anything BYU's faced before.
4: Yeah, as the director of fundraising for athletics at BYU, I feel it. I see it. I've talked with Tom plenty. Um, Again, that's going to cause me to level up and our team, and and then not just me but our fan base, which has been amazing. It doesn't matter what sport you play, where you play. Cougar Nation shows up and goes crazy. A lot of times um, it's with 15-year-old BYU shirts. And so <laughs> this might be a time for BYU fans to say, I, I see it, I get it, and I'm gonna get a new, brand new BYU shirt and help in that way. Now, one thing's interesting: last year during the pandemic, Tom came out with a with a heartfelt plea to Cougar Nation to say, you guys, we're 20 million in the hole. We run a very thin, you know, profit margin line. Uh, It's not like we have buckets of cash everywhere. Um, We need your help. And Cougar Nation responded in the most impressive way to me as a former player. I just looked out and I saw checks coming in from four centenarians that said, look, I don't have much money, but here is $50 I've been watching BYU my whole life. I'm 101 years old, and I love this place. And so we would go to their home or their nursing home, wherever they were, and, and we'd present them a shirt or something and say, this is so amazing. That's how I felt for through that whole entire Rise Up campaign from November to February that we did. It was, that was amazing. I'm grateful for Cougar Nation incredible
1: and that's a fact because Tom has spoken about that publicly I think he put out uh, videos or whatever it might be I'm also wondering as a, you know your job and, and fundraising and all that and that's going to increase and that needs to increase and continue on and on well when you when you win 16 out of 17 games people take notice Uh, what do you think about the this goes beyond tom homo the people above him being willing to go market value because i believe mr sataki's going to have some opportunities
4: yeah and one thing about kalani is he just feels like he's a better person coaching here at byu he loves it he'd be even better if they offered him 3.2 million (laughs) dollars come on come on chad (laughs) every single one of us have taken a haircut at byu so i'm not saying hey we need you to take less money i'm just saying there are some things at BYU that are, that are kind of BYU. You can talk to Tom more about that specifically if you'd like to. Um, but it's not a secret. Um, I do think Big 12 will change things in that way. And, and you asked about donors and going in Big 12 and mm-hmm. price tags and yeah. fundraising. For years, I've had people come up to me and say, Hey, when we're in a PAC, you know, Power 5 conference, I'm willing to help. And so now we're calling on those people. Saying, yeah, you got names. <laughs> uh, we love you. We appreciate all you've done. And we're really going to need you moving forward. Mm-hmm, yeah. There's no mystery to that. Right. It's just how it is. Right.
0: If you talk to the people who are at the U before the move to the Pac-12 and after they've been in it a few years, it really is different. And it's hard to sit here and explain it and know how it's going to be different. You just know it's going to be different in lots of ways.
4: Whatever people saw in the WAC Mountain West and Independence, this is going to be different. It really is going to change things. Two things. Tom always told us be careful what you ask for. Right. If you want to play with the big boys, guess what? Strap it up every week because here it comes. Number two, Kalani spoke to all the coaches. Tom held a meeting with all the coaches before we announced we're going Big 12. And Kalani in that meeting spoke up and, and shared some of his personal feelings about when he was at Utah going through that transition. I thought it was helpful for everyone in the room, every coach, every administrator who listened. I think he's going to be a great and valuable resource going forward because of his perspective.
0: Virginia and Baylor have already come calling and have people who used to be at BYU, and there's going to be way more of that. If you have the success you want to have.
4: And I love it. I'm happy for every assistant coach or head coach that goes and and takes care of their family financially in that way. I think it's great for them. I love it. I think any coaching tree, any any. Like you BYU. Yeah. It's good for BYU to have coaches bounce and it go is. everywhere and it improve is. their situation in life. I got I've no resentment at all. I'm I'm happy for every one of those dudes. Yeah. And, and it could bounce back. It could
0: bounce back. It takes a long time. But if you watch the big storyline, it's not linear, Chad. It's not linear. Don't stick
4: to the math. It's not linear. You watch people bounce back, it could Play You're off. either doing add and subtraction or you're doing multivariable calculus, which comes around. <laughs> onion. Okay, now
0: I told you about the problems I had in Chem 1A with science. So we're going to have to leave it right there. Now you've worn out, you're welcome. That's too much. My head's going <laughs> to... Chad, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, you guys. get him straight out there. I'll crush it today. That's right. Thank you. All right. We're at Riverside Country Club National Football Foundation. It has a golf tournament. Chad's here to play. And we're going to talk with the Utes. Nick Ford, his weekly business is coming up. Stay with us.
3: All right, this 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 is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. This is what you want. Never ending story is more compelling than short circuit. No, no. Stop it. No, stop. Never ending story would win a poll against short circuit. Guarantee you. I can't even believe I'm
4: putting this poll together. How do you spell circuit?
3: <laughs> By the way, I almost hope Do what you feel is right, I, I almost hope never ending story wins, because if short circuit wins, we're gonna lose you for the rest of the show. Show memorandum. Let's just euthanize short circuit. My guy is as upset as any time I've ever seen him in the history of this show. Why, because we speak truths? No more short circuit. Take Johnny Five and put a crowbar to his head. He's done. Disassemble. Johnny Five. No disassemble! Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5, 12.8
0: of the zone. Jerry Bovey joins us now, assistant AD at Utah State, here for the National Football Foundation Golf Tournament. Used to be the AD at Weber State. Was hip deep in high school sports not that long ago. Look at your career arc. Look at that
5: trajectory. It makes a lot of sense to no one. (laughs) (laughs) I thought <laughs> you are headed for Canada. <laughs> you just keep moving north. Yeah, it's, it's going to feel like that in about a month. Yeah, you're going to be a big deal in Calgary. I'm looking forward to it. I, yeah, because
0: I know hockey so well. <laughs> so you do know college football well. I know you're supposed to say the coaches have yeah, us come in and you knew it was going to go well. But did 3-0 and surprise you a little bit? 3-2 and now, but I, I think you yeah, lost to yes. arguably
5: the... Could end up being the two best teams on your schedule. Yeah, I think definitely they're the two best teams on our schedule. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised. I mean, I, I, I knew the energy would be there. Just watching how Blake works and uh, the day the day he came in with a, a few of his staff that first day, he's got, he, there's some magic sauce there that that definitely has worked well. And just getting our players, but we had good players. I mean, last year was an aberration in my mind that COVID. Everybody blames COVID for everything, toilet paper, and and we can blame football too. But it it was a Gary and his staff had brought in some good, some good kids, and they added the transfer portal. You're never very far from knowing or being good. You 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 know you can bring kids in, and if they fit, you can win games. So not too much of a surprise, but yeah, I didn't think we'd go three and zero.
1: What's Blake Anderson done to unite the community? Because I think of all the places in our
5: state, that's really important in Logan. It is. And he he got uh, tied in with the alumni out of the gates. Actually, I watched both Blake and Ryan come in and invest a lot of time in what is the culture of the place, uh, who, who's been here. Let me talk to him, former coaches. And then just energy getting out there. I mean, that first three weeks, he was all over the place, all over town. Uh, even down here on the Wasatch Front, we brought him down and met with Aggies. The, the one thing that's unique, it's probably not unique everywhere, but Aggies alum, Aggie alums just just never stop loving. I mean, it was, a, I guess, a foregone conclusion in my mind and with my wife that we were going back at some point. We wanted to kind of end where we where we started and it's a special place and so he tapped into that with a lot of energy and instilled hope that we can get we can do this we've got some good players and we're adding a few elements and i think everyone got excited about the potential
0: so while all of this was going on the business of college football goes on <clears throat> and i gotta say growing up rooting for san diego state i'm always going to follow the mountain west as long as they're in it and now for work i gotta follow it because utah state is in it and I could not figure out some of the rumors and reporting we were hearing. Was it on target with what you were hearing behind closed doors as far as teams having a little a little interest I get because you always listen because college football is crazy.
5: Don't be rude. Don't slam doors on people. But when you start hearing teams having a lot of interest. Yeah. It, 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 anytime there's a ripple yeah. the, the ripple gets wider as right. it goes out farther and you know, I don't know that I anticipated we'd have a, a couple of uh, original members of the mountain West Conference that would go looking but i mean it's it 's a it 's a it 's a big game of making sure that when the music stops, you have a place to sit down right, and so everyone 's trying to make sure that that where they are is strong and you had a couple institutions that were i mean at the outset you know the aac promotes themselves as number six and you've got greg sankey saying hey we're going to go to 12 and we're going to have six automatic bursts and so suddenly that six seed means something for that group of five that can slide in there so it didn't surprise me that you'd have that you'd have ad's and presidents looking for another place in the event that something blows up i mean they all have scar tissue from when the whack overnight changed and there were eight institutions that had no seat at the table so i think i think if you're not doing your job as a president or an athletics director to make sure that when the music stops you have a place to sit down then then you shouldn't be in it
1: with bYU going to the big
5: 12 what is the future of the bYU utah football series that's a good question uh you know, we hope that we're in that, but but if the Big Twelve plays nine conference games, which I we're hearing they will, then they've got to drop one of those those games and so we hope our relationship's strong enough. But down the road, will they play Utah State and BYU as two of their three? I don't I don't see that happening mm-hmm. consistently, so You mean Utah? Utah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Will BYU play Utah and Utah State as two of their three opportunities? If they're going to do an FCS game, which it looks like they will, or most of the uh, P5 schools will still do one, that puts that in jeopardy because – the easiest job would be Tom Homo not having to schedule games forever, right? They're, 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 it's covered. His I, golf
1: game ought yeah. to improve now. Then. Yeah, well, yeah.
5: Either that tongue. or his Halloween costume, right? Oh, yeah. He's legendary for that, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think you so. would tell you after doing 120 games in a decade, he's doing yeah. a break. Yeah,
5: so, I mean, we're preparing for that. Um, the only thing constant has changed, so we hope we're in the mixer. that has been a great game for both fan bases, and and maybe not every year down the road, we'll see. I mean, we're being told right now we're, we're going to honor where we're at, and we've got a few more years on that, so we hope we're in the mix. That's a good game for us, and I think it's a good game for them. So is the Mountain West looking to go in from eight
0: to nine conference games? Because non-conference games with the Alliance... Goes back to musical chairs and dance partners. Not the same as a conference, but for non-conference games, there just could be fewer out there.
5: Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that every con- even the Big Sky when I was in that had talked about. Do we do nine and what's the magic number? And it flips back and forth. So I wouldn't I wouldn't guess that I would guess that that'll go back and forth even for the P5s over time. Um, we all talk about better games, better schedule, um, and yet football is a grind and so having some games on your schedule where you can kind of retool and and I wouldn't say take it easy but change the narrative a little bit I think is healthy for college football and playing FCS games is healthy having been on both sides of it I I think it's good for them and it's good for uh, for football generally to for the strength of college football so I don't know. I I think it'll go back and forth over time. There'll be some conferences that believe in the eight, and there'll be those that turn to nine. We're talking about it, but I I don't foresee that changing in the near future.
1: We already talked about how, you didn't mention by name, but CSU and Air Force leaving, go to the AAC. I'm an old Mountain West guy myself, covered them for many years, been to all those places a million times. It didn't make any sense to me, and now it seems like it doesn't make any sense to them. But we also hear that Boise, maybe uh, San Diego State, is sitting there waiting for a potential Big 12 invite, which means you could potentially lose schools on the other end. How proactive is the Mountain West in searching out schools now, programs that you may not need today, but at some point down the line, whether it, uh, whoever might leave and maybe venture into Texas or wherever. What's what's going on yeah, there? Yeah,
5: those relationships and discussions are happening, PK. I think, um, and it's changing so drastically all the time that you have to keep, you always have to be looking at where do we draw from, you know, and, and buyouts keep going up. I mean, it's it's interesting. If you want to know if someone's really with you, get a bunch of ADs and presidents together and talk about raising your buyout number, which happened a couple of weeks ago. And the two that went, uh, ah, we don't know. We don't know if we're about raising the – well, then now you know. Yeah. <laughs> They're looking, right? <laughs> so, I mean, gotcha. when the buyouts go up, now that's part of the narrative because, you know, you're going to get the Big 12 to buy – to pay out their buyouts, and so now the AAC has some money; they can go use a, a pool of cash to try to lure people in. and And the Mountain West didn't have the cash pool because we would not gotten any buyouts. So I think that's a part of it. Um, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep looking. Uh, it didn't make sense to me to to overreact initially uh, at what who might come from Texas. We had a lot of people saying, "Go get those other four schools and shut the AAC down." Well. They all think they can they can get the next invite to the Big 12. So it's it's this big game of chess, and we got to always be ready. And I I know there's teams that are ready to come to the Mountain West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did they make us better to to make the invite? And I think that's why everyone was just kind of holding to see what it looked like. Did you know that trying to get a prom date was
0: going to prepare you so much for your business career? I didn't. I didn't at
5: the time, but my experience in high school was that nobody had date me in my school, so I was always (laughs) looking at the nearby school. So actually, I really prepared myself by taking a, a... girls from other schools to, to prom. It helped me to prepare. For, try yes, living yeah. in today's
1: world if yeah. you've got a teenager like I do. My gosh, you got 17 high schools of available candidates because everybody's available through your phone and social media, and you try to ferret through it. Now, that's just an inside look into right. my life. Right. And what
0: that means is you should be talking to Florida Atlantic and Florida International. No,
1: I think Texas. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think I SMU and I think get get into Texas, man. Yep. There's already a history there. North Texas. There's a oh. few
5: is that play football in Texas, too yeah. and the mountain West has a history in Texas, mm-hmm. yeah, so those relationships are strong I mean it's become a smaller world yeah in Division one, and uh, you know I'd like to say there are some surprises, but there's not a- everyone's looking to do what's best for their institution, and luckily uh, for us, the two institutions that were trying to find a new dancing partner figured out that we're better looking than they thought. <laughs> <laughs> And that matters in the end. (laughs) That
0: that does. So you do have a new basketball coach in addition to a new football coach. Is the spectrum going to be rocking?
5: Because we've seen it both ways, and quite frankly, it looks weird with 4,500 people in it. Yeah, the spectrum will be rocking. Uh, so we're excited. Um, you know, the the stadium, Maverick Stadium, was rocking the other night yeah. with 6,000 students making it crazy. And now that now that the teams have changed, um, I'm sure that some students got to know BYU a little better than they knew them coming in, and uh, I, I think they had a lot of fun. But uh, the spectrum will be rocking. Ryan Odom is a great coach. We're excited to have him. And uh, I've been to practice a few times, and, and these guys are ready to go. So I'm looking forward to getting indoors in another month and watching how it all comes comes together we're excited that we got the schedule finally done last week st mary's will be coming to town and and that should be a fun night for our fans to get excited about
0: jerry we appreciate the time as always i hear them on the microphone i think you're being called
5: yeah i'd rather stay here and talk to you than have to endure (laughs) the next five hours of a bad golf game (laughs) It's good to see you both.
0: Good to see you, Jerry. Stay in touch. You're the man. Thanks. Jerry Bovey, Assistant Athletic Director at Utah State. Join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.